Get back in control with Off the Wagon, adventures in emotional eating, health, and weight loss. Each episode containing fork-sized mindset tweaks, perspective shifts, and lifestyle hacks to get you back on the wagon. Whether it's habit change, emotional eating, addictions, weight loss, willpower, or relationships, there's something here for you. So let's get on the wagon and get down the road to your goals with me, Christy R. Hall. Welcome to episode 25, where today we're talking about how to use SMART goals for weight release and emotional eating issues. We all want results, right? Now, yesterday would be even better. And what's more, we'd like to be able to get the optimum desired results with the minimum amount of effort. In fact, having it now with zero effort would be awesome. I mean, who wouldn't want a stronger, more flexible body without having to change their exercise habits? Or release weight without having to change their eating habits? Or to make more money in less time without having to learn a new skill set? No one. That's who. The TV, radio, and internet, in fact, every social media and communications outlet, is filled with page after page, minute after minute of persuasion and manipulation-filled words and phrases designed to sell you exactly that. All your dreams and desires for no money down and 0% interest. Build incredible abs with this two-minute workout. Take this at night before you go to bed and wake up 10 pounds lighter. Use one crazy old-fashioned secret to make more money at the drop of a hat. Let's be honest. Were these marketing efforts and clickbait successful? You bet they were. Because those kinds of promises are just what most people want to hear. Most of us are so physically and emotionally tired from focusing on the problem areas of our bodies and our lives that we're desperate And we're willing to believe anything. Unfortunately, by buying into the hype, the pills, the plans, the empty promises and scams, we undermine our own self-confidence. Because when those empty promises don't deliver, we assume that since it worked for everybody else, that there must be something wrong with us. But it's human nature to want to try and take the easy way out of any situation, We're biologically programmed to avoid taking more difficult routes to desired results. After all, it would make no sense to climb to the top of a mountain to get food if there were sources of food more easily obtainable. The more calories that our ancestors could obtain for the least amount of effort spent was an equation that would pay evolutionary dividends in the form of survival. However, As thinking, rational human beings, we instinctually know that not every goal can be reached by taking the easy way out. We know that sometimes, oftentimes in fact, the only way to reach our desired state is by doing the work necessary to get there. In short, a majority of the time there is no quick and easy way to get the results we want. In fact, this way of thinking 
is the reason why so many people struggle to maintain any progress they make towards their weight and emotional eating goals. And it's not the goal setting that's the problem. They know they want to release weight. They know they want to be in better shape. They know they want to stop binge eating. They basically start by naming the goal and then they start. And they start out strong, doing what needs to be done to get where they want to go, but ultimately struggle to stay on track. After a few short days or weeks, they find the bad habits and cravings rear their ugly little heads. And they find that the return on investment, that is the time and energy required to keep going, isn't as good as what they were promised. The results come slower if they come at all. This lack of payoff makes it difficult to want to work that hard or put that much effort in, especially when it's so very difficult and it's taking so very long. Eventually, they give up altogether. The problem with approaching a goal in this manner is that all of the focus and energy is on the end result. And I understand. It's the hopefulness, the promise of ease, that the goal that was previously seeming unobtainable could be achieved in a relatively short amount of time that gets you going. Unfortunately, we were lied to about what we should expect our results to be. And usually we've spent very little time thinking about the week-to-week, day-to-day, and hour-to-hour changes that will be required of us in order to achieve those results. Weight loss and diet books make it seem straightforward. Eat like this, you'll lose all the weight you want. But if the problem was never really what you were eating, then how will changing what you eat solve the problem? This is why for a majority of pro-dieters, they eventually hit the wall. They approach the goal, that is, wanting to release unwanted weight, as if the unwanted weight is the problem and not a symptom. Consequently, they may not do the prep work, the mental or physical preparation to deal with the difficulties they may face while on the journey. In the face of stress, the average person defaults back into the habitual behaviors that are the root cause and source of the problem that their goal is supposed to be fixing. So it's one step forward and two steps back, or two step forward and one step back, and either way, the end result is no real forward movement whatsoever, and they remain where they were, out of shape, with unwanted weight, and chronically binge or stress eating. We don't set a goal with the intention to fail. We set goals in an effort, an attempt, to make some painful aspect of our lives better. At its heart, goal setting is a positive process with positive intentions that should be producing positive results. So what's the problem? How do we end up going so wrong? Like I said, the problem isn't the goal itself. If we're picking realistic goals, most of the time our desired end results are achievable. The problem is how we are going about getting to that end result. It's the journey from where we are now to where we want to be that needs more thought and more attention. That's where behavior-based goals come into play. Behavior-based goals are goals that focus on the process of 
and the problems involved in getting from point A to point B. They aren't a list of tasks or to-dos, and in that respect, they're not really dealing with or related to the actual desired end result at all. Instead, they deal with the day-to-day, minute-to-minute behaviors and actions that are necessary to get to that result. In other words, change your actions, you'll develop new behaviors. Create new behaviors, and you will reach your overall goal. Many goal-setting systems use the SMART approach. SMART is an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Time-Bound. Each of these elements is a required part of any behavior-based goal or behavior modification plan. So let me give you an example so you can get a better understanding of how this works. Let's say that you want to climb Mount Everest. While that goal may not be on your bucket list, it might be considered a typical goal. If you were to attack climbing Mount Everest like some people attack eliminating binge eating or losing weight, then all of your focus would be on the summit. There would be no focus on the strategy that needs to be implemented in order to get to the summit. Not much thought would be given to the equipment needed, the provisions required, or the necessary physical condition. If you were to use the same ordinary goal-setting techniques that you always use, you'd decide you wanted to get to the top, you'd maybe pick up a warmer coat, and you'd go. But chances are, because you didn't plan properly, you'd get nowhere near the top. So let's take a look at using behavior-based goals to help you release your unwanted weight and eliminate emotional eating. Before we get started, though, I want to help you understand that you may have used SMART goals before and they didn't work. They probably looked something like this. I want to lose 20 pounds by Christmas by following a low-carb or ketogenic diet tracking my food, and working out three days a week. Now, on the surface, you've hit all the SMART points. I mean, assuming that you're in relatively good health, that's specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. If your weight issues were simply a result of your current activity levels and the food you ate, this would be likely enough for you to accomplish your goals. However, For a large portion of people with unwanted weight, the kind of food is only a small portion of the problem. And in fact, if they resolve their root causes for eating, they may be able to release the weight without needing to change the foods they eat at all. S stands for specific. In the past, you would have been specific about your big goal. Instead of looking at the big picture, how much weight you want to release, we want to break it down. Break our big goal down into smaller, extremely specific steps. Instead of thinking about releasing the unwanted weight, we want to think about any helpful or healthful things that we'd like to integrate into our lifestyle. Examples here might be drinking more water, or taking more steps per day, or writing in a food diary or journal before we eat. You can break it down into super small, 
specific, and sustainable steps. So let's say your goal is to drink your weight in ounces of water per day. You wouldn't start that tomorrow. Tomorrow, you might instead drink one cup of water. You want it to be so easy, you cannot fail. If one of your goals is to eat five to seven cups of salad or green veggies per day, you don't want to try and do the whole thing starting at lunch. You might try a snack of a veggie and slowly increase over days or even weeks or months. So simple, so easy, you cannot fail. That's your new mantra. In fact, the smaller the steps are, the more likely you are to achieve them. But those small steps will be the foundation on which you will consistently get closer and closer to your goals. And the bonus is that chopping a big task into smaller and more manageable action-specific steps makes the goal less overwhelming and more doable on a day-to-day basis. So the M stands for measurable. You'd also want to make those more specific steps measurable. This means that you want to set some major milestones as well as some mini milestones along the route to the desired end result that you can use to gauge your progress. Let's face it, everyone talks about losing weight like it's no big deal and it will happen overnight. But when the rubber meets the road, Sometimes that weight is stubborn, and it takes longer than desired or expected. So, it just makes sense to plan for a longer ride, especially if you have a goal that is likely to take a long time to achieve. If you have no way to measure your forward progress during that time, other than the numbers on the scale, it's going to feel like you're not getting anywhere at all. And that will make you feel like quitting. When you can measure your progress, you can see that you are indeed getting closer to the end result along all the fronts, along all the points that you're measuring. I also like to think of M as maintainable. That is something that you can do for the long haul, for the rest of your life even. So many of us fail because we weren't thinking long term. This, along with your other reasons for weight loss, should provide you with the motivation to stay the course and continue forward even when your scale's not moving. The A in SMART is for achievable, and achievable is important. You have to make sure that the goal you set is achievable. You may want to get down to a size zero or look like your favorite celebrity. But if you're in poor health, or have health concerns, or even don't have a body shaped like that celebrity, no amount of specificity or measurability is going to allow you to reach that goal. For the longest time, I was so unhappy with my body because it didn't look like the runway models and movie stars. But then I figured out what my actual shape and size was. And I started looking for healthy and fit folks with the same body type as me. And it changed my perspective 
helped me understand I wasn't so far out of alignment with what I was looking for. And this helped me eliminate a lot of my unrealistic body expectations. And speaking of realistic, is your goal realistic? That's what the R is for. Everyone can take up running, but not everyone is going to be able to run a three-minute mile. Anyone can learn to cook, but not everyone is going to be able to cook like Rachel Ray or Gordon Ramsay, at least not without a cookbook. The point here is that you have to be reasonable and realistic about your resources, your talents, and your abilities, both physical and psychological, when setting a goal. Some things can be done, and some things are never going to be done. And confusing these two points is only a recipe for unhappiness. Knowing the difference between the two is sometimes the difference between success and failure. So make sure that the goal that you're setting is realistic. Finally, T is for time-bound. When we're dealing with physical changes or finite deadlines, time-bound is easy. In fact, using the old way, you probably would have said something like you are going to release the weight by Christmas. But when you're dealing with something as sneaky as emotional eating, it's not like giving a bad boyfriend or a girlfriend until the end of the week to get out of your house. It doesn't really work that way. In fact, if we take this metaphor of the bad boyfriend or girlfriend a little bit further, just because you kick them out doesn't mean they won't call or drop by or send you love notes and flowers to try and get you to go back to your old ways. But just as you continue to ignore the calls and not engage the behavior, that neural pathway in your brain will grow over like an unused path in the forest. So then how do we use T in time bound? We're going to use it in a couple of ways. First, I think it's okay to put a deadline on your weight releasing attempts as long as you keep these caveats in mind. Number one, don't get married to the date. Number two, allow yourself some flexibility. Again, think long term. You're in this for the duration, however long it takes. Holding yourself to a rigid timeline or deadline won't make you more successful. It will only make you more stressed about your outcomes. Consider setting realistic deadlines for your mini milestones. And realistic is the key here. And just a guideline for setting deadlines, however long you think it should take, Take that number and multiply it times two. For the amount of time that you'd like it to take, right, which is always shorter than the amount it should take, right, because we want it yesterday, multiply it by three or even four or five. The point here is that when we're talking about releasing weight and emotional eating, we typically have some fairly unrealistic expectations of how long it's going to take, how long it should take for us, how long we're willing to do something. After all, they kind of beat it into our brains that we can lose one to two pounds per week. 
But when you take the research out of the lab and bring it home and try and integrate it into your your life, sometimes we're lucky if we can release a half a pound a week. The second way we can use time is specifically as it relates to emotional eating, and that is by delaying. Delay the binge for five minutes. Distract yourself for 15 minutes. Sit with your feelings for two and a half minutes. Because here's the thing. The reason why so many of us eat emotionally is because we're not comfortable with being uncomfortable. How do you get used to discomfort? You do the best that you can to live with it for a bit. And then reflect on the fact that it's not killing you. It may be unpleasant, and it may not be your preferred way of living for any length of time, but it's not killing you. You can stand it, and you will be okay. If you want to, you can make it a goal to sit with your feelings once a day or a couple of times a week. Just remember to track it so you can measure your improvement. So remember, there is a direct relationship between behavior habits, and results. When you concentrate on results, you never develop the habits that will get you to your goals. However, when you concentrate on the actions and the habits and the behaviors that you need to develop to successfully get to an end result, you exponentially increase your chances of finding that success. It's smart and it works. One other note I wanted to add And it's somewhat related to uh, SMART goals, but that's about falling off the wagon and failure. So many times we start something, you know, on Monday and by Monday afternoon or Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, we've fallen off the wagon. We've strayed from our plan and we consider that a failure. And then we plan to start over again on Monday or next week or next month, or next year. And I want to share this little bit of information that I really found inspirational. And that's that no matter how many times you fail, as long as you get up and continue trying, you're actually increasing your odds of success. The more times you fail and get up and continue going, the more you increase your chances for success. So don't look at every time you fall off the wagon or stray from your path as being a failure. You're not failing. You are increasing your chances for success. Okay, so I hope that this has been helpful for you today. If you have any questions or want to talk to me about your goals, about your SMART goals, or want to see if there's a way that we can tweak your your SMART goals to make them work a little bit better for you, I encourage you to reach out to me. You can catch me on Facebook at fb.me forward slash coach Christy R. Hall or at my website www.christyrhall.com. Thanks so much for listening in and I will talk to you soon.